We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. Listen, you're not the only one in your family that likes bone broth. On today's episode, we have Flo Glotti, owner and creator of Crude Carnivore out of Illinois. We are so excited for our chat regarding her amazing product for pets, bone broth. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for our customer's question. Stop guessing what's being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Well, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to uh, come chat with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I I, I love this yeah. conversation. So I think it's gonna be good. I've been looking forward to this one because we um, we've had crude carnivore bone broth in our in our shop for a long time. I mean, we haven't been around yeah, that long, over, but over a year, over a yeah. year, and we've only been open for two years. So it's you know almost yeah, um, yeah. So that's and it's been such a, a hot product for us. Um, it's one of those products that once yeah, people that. try out, they keep coming back more. We have, we have a lot of customers that don't even buy food from us, but they come and just buy the bone broth. So, um, which is totally fine. The goal is just after time, after time, enough exposure, then they'll start asking questions about, you know, some better food. All right. And it happens. So people get bone broth and they're like, all right, so what else? Like, so what else do I need to add besides like the bone broth, you know, then, you know, it's, it's a good gateway drug. I guess. For- yeah, and that's like the, a good point. Because yeah, <laughs> that's a good point because it's part of why I love to support local stores. Like we, you will never find our product in like a big, big box shop because the goal is to support you know small business as well, just like I am, and how right. we support small farms that we source from. Like that's the whole goal is they may just come to your store because they want to buy our bone broth, but then they've never even heard of your store. And then they come in there and they buy treats and they buy, you know, just other things. And you are then essentially able to educate them even further on their pet diet. So that's kind of the whole, it's a full circle. Yeah. It causes kind of like a a chain reaction of just better health for their pet overall. But anyways, I kind of go back to that. Like just the, the sourcing, um, but also it's just like the, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. How did this whole crude carnivore, <laughs> how did the whole bone broth thing kind of come about? Yeah, like, take what, us from the beginning. <laughs> what, why did this, oh my goodness. like, why? <laughs> Tell me why. Why did, why did, why did this company come to life? Yes. Um, so I, I have a master's degree in animal nutrition and actually it's kind of, I live in Southern Illinois. I am originally from Europe and people always ask me like, why are you in Southern Illinois? And I honestly think that like my purpose was here and I never understood it until I started my master's degree. And then I like two months in, I never was interested in nutrition, believe it or not. Like I never wanted to work in nutrition. I wanted to do like rehabilitation and therapy for pets, like for dogs and horses actually. Okay. And I never realized like how much 
I was a kid, you know, I never realized how much there's linkage to really healing from the inside out at that point. But I was zero interested in nutrition. I was like, I'm going to get this master's degree. It'll help me get a good job so then I can get educated and rehabilitation. Like it was just like, oh, uh, you know, really young brain concept. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started <laughs> my master's degree. Two months later, a girl that I was in the program with was like, hey, have you seen this local, new local pet store? And I was like, what? And I immediately got in my car, drove over there and literally said to the owners, it was, um, it's really good friends, Amanda and Jay, they own it together. And I was like, this is the best scenario ever. You know, you just kind of like you two, you, you, you worked the shop and you own the shop together. And, uh, I literally was like, if you need help, let me know. And he wrote my number down on a post-it. He still has this post-it. And I started working there like a week later. So, um, and that's really where my nutrition experience kind of began and where I, I started, I started learning a lot. I read a lot about nutrition and, um, I started helping pet parents make better transitions. And it, I just kind of climbed the lib, uh, the cable quality ladder until I really like started trying out more for my own dog. So they've been raw fed for like eight years now. And I just noticed how much fresh food is making a difference. And even though the pet industry is so huge and such a big field, they're still lacking. Like there's still products that could totally be explored further. And I just noticed that um, bone broths are available, but they're not necessarily always made with the best ingredients. Like a lot of them contain like tapioca starch and different fillers and just not really additional healing products. Like dogs are always exposed to excess sugars, carbohydrates. And why are we adding more carbs to that meal with carrots and potatoes and um, starches we're just adding more sugar more carbs more problems and so i was like somebody has to come up with uh, a shelf stable product that is just more healing than adding all these problems so i was like well why not just make it myself and so i started literally with this tiny little crock pot and i just started making like these little batches in my kitchen and um i launched the brand in August of 2019, we, I took it to the store where I worked for five plus years. And we immediately, like I put it out and I didn't even have the official labels yet and people were buying it. And I, I mean, obviously I had the connection with people having built a reputation of helping them with their dogs. And so that was extremely helpful to get the broth out and get people trying it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it all began. I The nice. name just kind of came to me every single product on the market has the word crude on it and crude really just means in its most raw natural state and that's what we want we want our dogs and cats Mm -hmm. to live the way nature intended to be fed the way nature intended i know you guys say that i know Um, like preach keep going (laughs) well you know it's a really interesting point about that whole thing is that whole uh like one of the premises of that that story is that all these people I, i get i hear this a lot in the shop and no one ever supplements with like beef liver or meat. <laughs> it's always like, yeah. for some reason, it's always carbohydrates that they want to add to their already carbohydrate based yeah. diet. And I'm like, I mean, mm-hmm. I get it. Like it's, I'm not saying don't, you know, put some, you know, fresh vegetables on a food, but why, why not try, you know, some more organ meat or, or, um, some bone broth or some goat, you know I mean? There's so many other options, some more, yeah. more appropriate, more healing, um, beneficial uh, supplements. Yeah. So toppers. Yeah. It is honestly such a strange concept still sometimes. And it's 
it's so crazy because I think for us who are in this industry and who see the differences to us, it's like a no brainer, but to people who aren't in it and don't live with that every single day, um, it's such a weird concept. I just talked to a lady the other day cause I'm still at that store. I still do social media for that store. And so I'm there like a couple days a week and I still talk to people about their, <laughs> I just can't help myself. And yeah. so, um, a rare concept like they're like oh i added a uh, cooked hamburger and green beans I'm like how about not cooking it <laughs> and it's it is yeah you know it's like what and it, people are so worried about the bacterial oh, so worried about overload it, yeah. which is yeah. which is not it's not i mean we know that that's not a concern because our dogs are so differently designed than us when it comes to their ph and now, their body now did you that's learn this topic but what did you learn so going on that topic did you learn about this when doing your master's degree I was in, just in nutrition ask that yeah yeah so the master's degree is very like nitty-gritty like you get into the nitty-gritty uh, honestly a conversation that i never have like i get into the nitty-gritty of vitamins minerals lipids like different ways that the body utilizes these and the yeah. functions of these, you know, um, like nutrients and honestly have, I just love the topic. It's honestly my favorite thing to talk about. It comes natural to me for some reason. I'm not really sure, but I just have so much love for this topic. And so I, I, it's easy for me to do the research and read a ton of books. So honestly, there's a lot of reading, a lot of, but I feel research, like reading, research, I feel like papers and a lot of this stuff, you know, now, I mean, I don't, did you, did you learn it during your master's, like during your education? And, and I, the reason why I'm asking is because like, you know, when I take courses on nutrition, you know, like for example, if you read like, you've probably read this book, the small animal, uh, clinical nutrition, um, which is like, you know, the big book that the vets, veterinarians use yes, for yes, nutrition. Yes. Yeah. So, but you know, there's, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I forget how many pages the chapter is, but the chapter that's just based on carbohydrates is is way larger than any other chapters on any of the other macronutrients. You know what I mean? It's I like they're would, really, really reading. trying to sell you on the fact that they yeah. need carbohydrates. But then at the end of the chapter, it says there's no dietary requirement for them. So it's like, exactly. why did it's I just so read all this? Okay, yeah, so. That's what I was and getting I at. I just actually opened a natural, I don't remember what it's called. It's upstairs. Um, but it's a natural like health and nutrition book. It has like a dog and cat in the front of it. It's like a white book. Anyway, uh -huh. I was reading that and I was looking up like, getting on a tangent here, but it, we're, I was looking up like pancreatitis because that's been like a hot topic because there's actually new studies that are finding that it's actually tied to carbohydrate um, overload versus mm -hmm. uh, what has been known is like a fat issue. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they can both happen, but it actually tying it more to carbs. And I, you know, always have to go back and, and read up on it again. But, right. And this book was actually just talking about how it's all caused because of fat consumption. And there was nothing about, nothing about the carbs and how bad the carbs are. It's always, the carbs are always the, yeah. the, the primary player in most issues, but veterinarians and unfortunately most veterinarians and, and the books that we have available are not touching on that. Like there's no, we're not actually going by the biology of the dog. We're going off of how can we make the most money? Yeah. And the um, thing is with like with pancreatitis too, it's, I, I get this, this is an, a really common problem with dogs. And it's interesting that you say this cause it's always dogs are eating kibble. Um, 
And everyone yeah. thinks that, oh, the raw, the raw diets have more fat in them. But there's a lot of studies, too, that show that it's, it's not so much the, the quantity of fat. It's the quality of fat that's in the diet. Always. And Always. I tell people this all the time. In the middle of summer, you see a spike in pancreatitis um, within dogs because all these dry foods are being stored in warehouses that are temperature controlled. And so the mm-hmm. fats are getting rancid. Yeah, yeah. And then it's causing, so that's another player in a game that's not ever talked about as well. Um, that should be yeah. obviously, but yeah, the rancidity of fats is, and that's the issue that, you know, you're thinking, well, why should I feed a raw diet? Well, because actually, if you're thinking about it from a fat perspective, your dog, I mean, the dog uses nutrients in the raw state, the best raw. Mm-hmm. I keep talking about dogs, dogs and cats. Yeah. Um, and when well, you start to cook everything, you're changing the entire structure of, um, of the nutrients, you know? So then of course you have the argument, okay, well, bone broth is cooked. So how come that's a different story? Well, we actually extract the fat out. Uh, We use a volumetric pump so we can actually go underneath the fat layer and fill hot into glass without um, filling the fat in. And there are some brands that, you know, could keep the fat in there, but it is a cooked fat. And so we want to avoid the, the cooked fat and the rancidity um, happening over time. I mean, our broth is shelf stable for six months, but we try to avoid that also because of calorie components and dogs that are prone to pancreatitis. Um, you want to avoid cooked fats as well as the overload of carbs. So that's where our broth really pushes both and, or not pushes, but avoid both. Um, in that we do not have any starchy, rooty veggies that we use that are typically loaded with sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually use healing herbs that in the end help cleanse the body, cleanse the blood, parsley cleanses the blood. Dandelion helps reduce histamine buildup in the liver, which helps detox. Um, and then we have thyme, which is a natural antiseptic um, and a detox as well. And they all have powerful antioxidants. And so these are all infused into the broth. And that's where our relief and healing power comes from in our product. It's unlike any other product. And everything that we do is grass-fed. Um, everything is pasture-raised and and humanely handled. A couple of the farms we use actually are certified humane, which is a really important thing to me. But in regards to, like, the fat and carb load, like, we are extremely careful because we want this product to be something that everybody can use. Everyone can add some life to the bowl and add some fresh foods and that possibly then makes them realize oh wow my dog does so much better on this i wonder what else i can add so it's supposed to be it's not supposed to end there it's supposed to be a like at a lot of stores um the broth sits right by the freezer i don't i know you guys have it right in the front but it's it is a almost like it's right there so then when you look at the broth you like immediately turn and it's like like big wall of freezers you know like here's all the fresh stuff well for me it's to be like it's always about it's 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 a great way to get moisture into to the food, um, you know that's yeah. that's one of the big things that we try to get people whether they're feeding freeze dried or kibble air dried. Like I'm always trying to get, and and with the bone broth, it's so palatable. Like it's usually dogs yeah. go crazy for it, cats as well. But going back to like the ingredients that you use, that's mm-hmm. what first turned me on to to crude carnivore. What I liked because you, you I think. As of right now, I don't know anyone that uses dandelion greens. Well, especially in their bone in, broth. In broth. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. small batch uses it in a food. I can't remember. But 
I know that uh, like Green Juju uses it in their. Um, oh, they screen. use it now. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's what really, because that's you know, there's a lot of really good research done on you know, we think of them as as just weeds in our in our yard, but actually, yeah, no. the the flowers, the stems, the leaves, the roots, everything is is has some really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're loaded with you know prebiotic prebiotic fibers and um, they have yep. anti-inflammatory uh, properties. And like you said, they're really good at um, helping filter the the liver and detoxify the liver, mm-hmm. um, and also a good uh, immune system booster. So that one and parsley was the other one that I really liked because the more I was learning about mycotoxins at the time, um, mm-hmm. I learned that parsley was actually really good at um, helping the body detox these, you know, get rid of these mycotoxins. Which, you know, if you're feeding yeah. dry pet food. You know, your dog is oh my obviously, obviously. Yeah. You know, I could almost guarantee you they're taking in an unhealthy amount of mycotoxins. So, um, yeah, for sure. And that's bone broth in general is high in glycine, and the glycine is it's just a pro, it's a protein building block, amino acid, um, and that's a very essential part of that liver detoxing. And so, you already have that component. You already have the bone broth doing that. Our bone broth simmers for a minimum of thirty six hours. Um, and that allows for like full on like collagen glycine, you know, extraction. Um, and, um, but yeah, you have that glycine component, which helps the glutathione production, which is a really, really powerful antioxidant. And the more you feed an unhealthy diet, so, you know, or I guess a, a diet that's not meant for that specific species. So in this case, dry food the more you're depleting glutathione, the more you're depleting the detoxing capability of the body. And if you're not supplementing it, you're just, it's just a recipe for disease and, and illness. So um, what the bone broth naturally does is it has that capability of boosting glutathione and supplying it so that the liver can continue to filter the blood. Um, and, and yeah, so, if you're, you know, feeding a dry food and which is totally understandable, you know, it's a, it's a more affordable, convenient option, um, that so many take advantage of. And I totally get that. Um, but there's more you can do. I always like to say, you know, if you, if you're going to have to feed partial kibble, then, you know, feed a kibble that you can kind of get behind, but try to boost the bowl with other things, like stick the money into the fresh food versus like a super high quality kibble and then not being able to afford anything else. Like, um, I, so, you know, it's, it's trying to kind of, uh, yeah. Damage damage control kind of. Exactly. You're like countering like how much, you know, and, um, but yeah, so, so bone broth itself has that glycine component and that healing effect. Um, and especially if you are feeding a kibble, then you may want to consider actually adding, um, just starting with a broth. Um, of course, you have the moisture component, which makes digestion a lot easier. It reduces the ailments. And I think that's a huge starting point already. If you can just add moisture to the bowl, you will see a huge change in your pet already because it's going to be so much easier to digest the food. Um, yeah, I always tell but, people, like, imagine just trying to digest these ultra-processed, ultra-dehydrated pellets of, of carbohydrates. Like, imagine even for yeah. us how taxing on our, our organs and our digestive system that would be. And people always tell me, like, yeah. We have to like if we soak the kibble, we have to let it soak for like hours before it actually like yeah, penetrates. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, imagine that what's happening in your dog's gut, you know. But um, so yeah. yeah. Anyways, going on to your your point. I always say it's like you eating rice without 
cooking it, eating oatmeal without milk or saltines without having a drink of water. Like imagine yeah. that every single day, your whole life as actually I have a crazy, uh, crazy situation here for this is like, um, I mean, it's not that crazy, but, uh, the, the, the owner of the local store here, um, Amanda, her daughter Ruby, she's a Vishla and she's actually the reason why the store exists. But, yeah. um, she had started feeding raw and this dog was like anti raw. She would not eat freeze dried. She would not touch it. She wow. was like kibble all the way, like nothing Carb for junkie. the longest time. We finally got her yesterday. She devoured a rabbit head. Like she, oh, nice. like she's come so long. Yeah. But, um, yeah, girls gone raw, right ahead. Um, <laughs> most people but, would be like, Oh, that's disgusting. And we're, we're like, wow, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> it it yeah. was pretty, um, uh, traumatic, but it's fine. They loved it. So, but anyway, so she's gotten pretty savage, but she actually was started eating raw and she was on raw. And then at one point, um, there was no food thought out, which is always my biggest stressor too. Yeah. But, um, and so she was like, I'm just going to have to give them like Zeewee, which is already not as processed as kibble. Right. You know, it's like, cooked at like half the, half the temperature, like, or whatever, like 96 degrees or something. Yeah. Like that. We, we carry so Zeewee. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's already lower processed. So you'd think, okay, this is fine. Well, she honestly, she put it in the bowl and she started eating it and she was straining so hard to eat it because her throat, like her mouth no longer was overproducing saliva to try oh, to swallow dry food. And so wow. she literally had like stretch her neck up in the air yeah. to, to get the food to move down because her body had already readjusted backwards to naturally be able to swallow the food. Yeah. And so her body wasn't used to overproducing saliva to make it go down faster. And so that was like the craziest thing. And I saw that and I was like, man. And so if you think about that stress and how much that strains your dog, your dog's constantly overworking all the right. time. Your dog is constantly having to stress stress on how can I, um, how can I break the food down? You're constantly having to, to, to find moisture somewhere, constantly mm -hmm. having to have the body work and function. And then, you know, we're feeding the dogs like two times a day at like 10 hour feeding windows. They're getting treats. The body is constantly stressing, trying to figure out, you know, how to break down these highly processed treats, highly processed food without moisture. They drink water, but we, I mean, drinking water and food water, I always like to say are not the same. So oh. the food has to have moisture supplied because otherwise the body has to pull water from somewhere else. And that water is reserved for every single body function. Mm -hmm. And when you're pulling that, it is just common sense that the rest of the body is going to struggle because you are having to pull the water that's needed for daily function. And so that's why I just was like, okay, we got to do something here. And so I get a uh, lot of, I get a lot of, uh, pet owners like, no, well, you know, my, my dog drinks, he drinks a lot of water. I'm like, I know, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's entirely different getting that intracellular like, yeah. moisture from the food. Um, I was like, once you, if you get it, you get it. You know what I mean? Like once you start adding moisture yeah. to the food or feeding raw food, you're like, okay, I, I, I get, I see it now. Um, cats and they'll actually stop drinking that much water because oh, yeah. it's not needed. I have to like yeah. tell people when I first, when we first opened, I wouldn't tell people like it, not that I was trying to keep it from them, but I just wouldn't think about it. Um, but <laughs> after I, enough, enough people would like message me like, Hey, like my dog hasn't drank like any water in like two days or something like that. Or, you yeah. know, his water bowl hasn't been like, I can't tell if he's been drinking or not. Um, I'm like, yeah, well, actually, that yeah. no, that's totally normal because he's getting, you know, his moisture from his food, which is great. Exactly. I had a guy that came in yeah. that said his cat was drinking water, like drink water for like 20 minutes at a time. And I was like, and his argument was to me was like his cat doesn't need moisture in his food because it's getting it from a bowl. 
And I was like, I was like, have you ever drank water for 20 minutes straight? You know, like how, (laughs) like that, does that, is that normal behavior? You know, obviously not. Um, you know, obviously cats cats also like, it takes them forever. I mean, I think you guys maybe shared that post too. I don't know how many leaks it takes the cat to like 2,400, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was going to say like 2,000 something. And that's so crazy, but cats especially are so fragile. I mean, we have kidney cats get 30% of cats get kidney disease by the time they turn 10, which cats can easily live like 25, 30 years. If we were to just, you know, focus on diet, my cats eat raw and I haven't had them. I mean, my cats the other day had to go to the vet because of some ear thing that they didn't diagnose. I diagnosed, um, and, but he's never, there's nothing ever wrong with him. You know, they were like, Oh, he probably has diabetes. I'm like, I have a raw fed cat. Yeah. He is completely healthy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so he has a little bit elevated glucose because he's stressed out. And now you're telling me my cat has diabetes. And I was like, he does not have diabetes and he didn't right. have diabetes, but you know, he never goes to the vet. He's a completely healthy cat. And yeah. I, I attribute that to his diet all, all the time. My dogs go to the vet once a year, just like yours, um, to get their blood panel. Yeah. <laughs> like, to make sure everything's fine. They get tighter tested and, um, and yeah, anyway, cats are, cats you are know, a I sad one. They're a sad case. Like I just feel yeah. like they just, they're so yeah. dogs. You could argue are a little more adjusted to process. I, I hate saying that, but they're just a little more resilient than cats are. Cause cats are just yeah, so specialized. I mean, they just kill, kill, kill and eat. Um, yeah. and they're so specialized at what they do that they just haven't, they just aren't as resilient as dogs are. And so, yeah, you, to your point, we see cats all the time with, you know, struvite stones and crystals and urinary tract infections yes. and, and all the stuff that's kidney failure, all these, all these issues that are directly tied to diet. You know, it's, it's pretty yes. obvious. Yeah. Walk us through the process, like real quick, like, so you're sourcing, you know, I know you source like the, yeah. their marrow bones from, you know, a great source out in Southern Illinois, but like everything, yeah. everything comes from like your area. Yeah. So I, um, so when I first found out, I obviously just tried to go to like a normal butcher shop because I had no clue. Like I was not involved in my community. Like I did not even have never, had never gone to the farmer's market. Like I love that stuff, but I just never, I don't know. I was just college students. So I was like, right. Mm. And then, um, and I worked Saturdays all the time too, so I could never get over there. But, um, I originally had just gone to like butcher shops and then I just realized I'm like, okay, I have no idea where this stuff comes from. And so then I, um, I actually got in touch with like a local, um, um, like pig farm and they helped me for a while supply my bones and stuff. Um, it's honestly like so trial and error because relationships are so important to me. And it's honestly huge part of like why I work with who I work with, because throughout the last two and a half years, I have had situations where, um, I ended up not being able to really trust, um, like if it was like a financial situation or, or things that I had heard and they just, from multiple people. Um, and I was just like, okay, I don't know if I can really do this. So then I would find out that where my things came from was not as trustworthy. So I really had to quickly make adjustments. And so I started setting up at local farmers markets and that's how I started getting my connections. And, and it has always been important to me. And the the bones that I get have always been sourced locally, have always been from, you know, farms who care what they do. Um, it's just that now I have really established amazing connections. And um, one farm is 
just an hour. I I moved a little bit more north in Southern Illinois, so yeah. I'm like now an hour away. I was like 30 minutes away, but now I'm like an hour away. And this farm is incredible. They're a couple. They have three little boys, and they raise. They just keep expanding, but they raise chickens, turkeys, lamb, um, and pi- they just got some pigs as well, okay. like a few months ago. And yeah. so they're incredible. They really care about what they do. They are. Um, they drive like three to four hours to get to the processor that they use because they value really how how animals are handled, and that's something that's really close to my heart. I actually try to be as vegetarian as possible, which is probably funny, but um, I work with so many, so many bones and animals that it's just so important to me how, um, how these animals are treated. And so that sourcing affects the quality of, of the meat. And, and depending on, you know, where people get their meat from, you would know the difference when you eat a, a, a steak or chicken that is farm raised, that is a, an animal that's, has a stress more stressless or stress free life lives happily outside is able to graze and and be under the sun and actually roam pastures it's a completely different it's for us the same thing you know like 100%. i'm not against eating meat or whatever but i i if i am going to i'm going to make sure that it comes from one of those farms that i work with because i know what these animals eat i know what they're exposed to i know how they're treated and that affects that affects quality. It affects toxin load in our product. It affects, um, you know, there's, there's hormones that are released during stressful situations that all affect meat and especially the bone marrow. That's where a lot of toxins are built up. So when animals are, are standing in, you know, on concrete in their own filth, if they're, if they're feeding on, um, grain and, and antibiotic infused and steroid infused grains and water, that all is affects the body. And, um, that's why it's so important that I really focus on where where these animals come from, how they're treated, because in the end, we have a product that is going to be the most affected by the quality of, of the right. life of that animal. Right. And um, so, yeah, so that one farm is incredible. I love them. And they, they're just awesome to work with. And they supply Southern Illinois with, um, with really high quality, um, with real high quality meat. And then uh, the other farm I just started working with, um, there's actually two beef farms that I work with, um, and they're both grass-fed, grass-finished. And then one lady I just made an awesome connection with. I had an awesome conversation. Like, we could just not finish the conversation because we just kept talking. But she actually worked in the USDA um, program and was a, like, uh, I don't know what you call that, like, somebody who would, she was an inspector. Okay. And she worked in that field for 25 years, and she said the things that I saw the oh, things gosh, that I had to experience on how people treat these animals. She said, I have to do something. So she started her own farm and she is there from start to finish. She births these cows. She, they, they come when they're called. She, and you know, people say like, how do you do this? Like you raise them and then you take them yeah. and, and watch them have to go through that horrible process. And she said, yes, but if I can't watch it, then I shouldn't be doing it. Like, I, it's so important to me. She says, I load them, I unload them and I let them rest and feel comfortable. And she is just so in tune with what she does. Um, and she doesn't do it for the money. She does it because she wants to make a difference and she wants to provide people with good meat quality. And, um, just having conversations like that and really getting down, you know, people who care about what they do will want to talk about it. They will want to 
have a conversation. So anyway, so that's my. Well, no, it's interesting. I, I it's it's tangent. no, no, but it's it's interesting because I think that you know uh, the foods that we sell. I mean, how important it is. The sourcing is so important in de- determining whether that's clean food or not. Um, you know, to like to grass fed and grass finished. I mean, some of this food, like I swear, I mean, I know the food that we have in the, in the shop is like cleaner food than what you can get at the grocery mm-hmm. store. I yeah. mean, you can't even find oh, grass sure. finished beef at the grocery store, but yeah, you can find it at things and fur, you know what I mean? And it, and it yeah. <laughs> obviously it's completely different. Yeah. Like it's, especially in a raw form, like it's, um, it's so important yeah. that the sourcing is clean and yeah, we've, we've actually been ordering meat from, uh, force of nature recently which is like a regenerative farm and um uh-huh. it's like the only way to go i mean it's totally you know, it's a totally that, different product this has impacted and, our household too like for us and what yeah. we want to feed our kids um which um, is important it, it says that in the forever dog actually the the book from rodney and karen yeah. um that it travels up the leash you know i think um lauren from girls mm-hmm. on just shared that the graphic the other day, like yeah. that health travels up the leash, you know, like what you're doing for your pet. You're like, Oh, well I'm feeding my dog like this perfect ideal diet. You know, I'm like over here, like, okay, you're eating a pizza for the third day in a row. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Um, well, people say that all the time. I do. People in the shop will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is like, and, and to your point about like the factory farmed and kibble is using, I mean, they're using most of them, if not all of them, but I, can't speak to all of them, but they're using factory farm, you know, most factory farmed animals plus, you know, rendered, you know, obviously rendered meat, which, you know, God knows where yeah. that comes from. Um, yeah. You know, where, you know, the raw pet food companies aren't doing that. It's all like really well sourced, human grade, you know, um, really cleanly sourced um, products because they know it makes a difference, you know. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we see that and, at I the mean, shop. If you think about this, like, you have look at like look, let's look at Purina, okay? They're up in sales like over eight. I don't know how much it, it, they have sold eight million bags more in the last year than they did the year before, which is insane. So right now there's actually no availability of that product, which mm-hmm. is great. But um, but uh, how do you have a company that's that large? How do you source from small family farms? How do you how can you get? quality meat when you make that much dog food and sell it nationwide or worldwide there's no way there's right. you are so big so big that i like to call them nestle purina i i don't like to leave out the nestle part <laughs> yeah nestle um but any of them you know they're so big and i would like to think that you know my bone broth company can grow and and supply you know all the states um in the in the country but mm-hmm never be for the price of your quality or of your sourcing of, you know, it should never be yeah, growing, <laughs> growing responsibly conscious about. Yeah. Yeah. So the only way that I can see why a company like that size able to produce food is because they don't actually use the most expensive part. They don't actually use the quality ingredients. They use corn, they right. use wheat, they use soy, they use the things that are cheaper and easier to acquire mm-hmm. because if you were to think that that food has that high quality ingredients and they use a lot of meat in that food, that, that, that would not work. That wouldn't work. It, it wouldn't doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Size. Yeah. No, it wouldn't because we all have to eat like feeding all these dogs, like these millions of dogs worldwide with this food. There's not enough food. Right. There wouldn't be because 
it's so the claim that they use real meat and I mean, the fact that you have to put that on your bag, like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a, we could go down. That's a whole nother topic, but, um, yeah, that's a whole nother yeah. topic. Uh, Pet food, um, pet food labeling is a whole other topic. Um, but back to my, my sourcing, sorry, yeah. I didn't even finish or how I do it. So, so the meat comes from those, um, three farms at this point. Um, and then, um, my herbs, I actually grow some myself. I have cool. <laughs> in the summer months, I have a garden outside, so I grow some myself and it's like the best way for me to, first of all, have access to it because I don't have to drive all over there's to try to find it and um, I control what goes in it. Um, my boyfriend's actually a plant guy, landscape designer. And so he plant helps guy. me <laughs> make sure they're, they're watered because yes. I'm horrible at that. Um, and then I have, um, worked with a local, like organic, um, a vegan farm actually that, okay. um, just last year we started, um, and they plant for me specifically. And so they supply like my dandelion and parsley. Um, and then I have a, another person who supplies my time. So they grow all that because it's honestly just, I would love to do it all myself, but it's just such an extra time consuming part of the whole business that I just, yeah. And if you have have somebody do it, if you have trustworthy local, trustworthy sources, you know, and I'm sure they're not using, you know, pesticides or insecticides or glyphosate. So that's a big thing is, you know, and you and I could probably go on a tangent about this and we won't, but you know, glyphosate (laughs) is a big one too. Right. I mean, I think every single food they tested, dry pet food they tested had, yeah. I mean, the concentration in, you know, our cat and dog's urine is like 15, times higher than ours of glyphosate. So glyphosate affects them. It affects us, but it really affects our pets. And it's found in almost every single dry pet food. Um, Yeah. Yeah, And they're smaller beings. Like, think about it. Like the candles in your house, the floor cleaner you use. Like how many people use Swiffer cleaning supplies, Febreze, Glad, like all those things, your laundry detergent, your pet is such a tiny little being. Their liver is so little. Like how does it filter all of that? Especially if you're feeding a dry food and it is, going to have like corn and wheat and soy that is all sprayed with um, herbicide and pesticides uh-huh. to, you know, it's all because you can't actually grow anything outside anymore because of all the pests. Yeah. Cause we're um, not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, bo- that body has to absorb all of this and filter it out. So if they're then not able to like what I talked about with the gl- glutathione depletion, if they're not able to get any of that made new because they're not getting any of the building blocks, how are they supposed to, how do you prevent disease? Um, how do you prevent it from like taking over the whole body? So, um, well, I tell people this all the time is like, is, you know, our dogs and cats are not getting, their health is not improving. Like statistically speaking, like everything is in decline, you know, Uh -uh. statistically speaking, if you ask your vet, like is our dogs that you put on prescription diets doing better? I mean, statistically speaking, they, they they can't say yes. They're doing better because they're doing better because they are taking antibiotics and steroids. Well, yeah. Typically you have, you say, Oh, well, we'll do a food switch. So you're spending a hundred dollars on a bag, but then they also pair that with an antibiotic or a steroid, which temporarily makes it say, Oh, my dog's better. We're on this food. Or like when the DCM, the yeah, uh, dilated cardiomyopathy issue was a thing. Like we had multiple customers who were like, we need to switch to a grain friendly diet. And then the dog's getting better, but the dog's getting better because it's on medication because that food actually has no correlation. They found there's no correlation between the two things. So yeah. the dog's better because you're putting them on a heart med. You're not 
fixing this. Like the dog wouldn't just magically get better in in a week because you're all of a sudden feeding grains. Like I would say he's testing that, better. I mean, that's a whole nother. He's testing better. He's not really doing better. He's testing you know? better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Testing we get that all the time. I mean, the DCM is is. I mean, that's still a hot topic. I mean, I've had people that. Oh my gosh! It's been three years. I've had um, people that you know have come to the shop for a long time and then they stopped feeding raw food because um, their vet told them about DCM and they correlated. The yeah. the vet combined grain free diets with 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 raw food and I and even at me explaining to him like listen like the grain free debate that that was grain free kibble because they're using you know legumes and and lentils and all kinds of stuff that's inappropriate but also contains anti nutrients that inhibits the absorption of taurine and by the way taurine you can only get from you know meat exactly. dairy seafood and and yeah. organ meat. Um, but yeah. I don't know. There's no there's no torn in grains, people. There's <laughs> the grains is not the no, answer. No, yeah. there's not. And um, also, touring, Even if you, it, this is not a grain free or grain friendly conversation. This is a dry food conversation because yeah. touring is extremely heat sensitive. Seventy five percent of it is destroyed during heat processing. So what is kibble? Heat process at like four hundred degrees most of the time. Yeah, that stuff does not survive. So no. if you're worried about your dog's heart condition or heart health, then you have to supplement with, with actual muscle meat yeah. or, you know, I mean, people, yeah, you can buy a, a supplement, but ideally you feed fresh food and you get ahead of it. If your dog is genetically predisposed, like we had a dog, I had a dog that I like loved. She, the owner did so much. She fed raw. She did all the stuff. He died at six because of DPM. That's genetic. Yeah. You can only like, he probably would have died at three if she wouldn't have fed what she fed. Right. Yeah. So you can only try to Try to, you can't fight genetics necessarily, but you can help right. by feeding real chance. food, by fueling, yes, by fueling what the body naturally requires and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a simple thing as like starting with a bone broth that can help, you know, help heal the gut, help flush the liver and help really give the liver the, the, the things that it's, it needs to function properly and filter the blood and get eliminate toxins out of the body. Like you can just support your dog in, in just starting with something like that. And, um, yes, is it an upcharge? Of course. But like, if, if you buy, you know, a bottle of broth, like you're looking at like a dollar, a dollar to a dollar 20 a day to help your dog or cat, you know, have, completely different experience with meal times and, and long-term affect the body in a much healthier way. And so, um, it's a, it's a really, that's a really good point because I, like I, I have my, my questions here about, you know, what can bone broth be used for? And, you know, there's GI issues and, and joint support and skin health and, and digestive support, all these, all these issues, all these things. Um, but one of the things, like one of my favorite stories about your bone broth is I've had dogs on chemo that just weren't eating their uh-huh. food. And like this, I don't know what it is about dogs on chemo and, and crude carnivore, but they like all of a sudden will go crazy over their food if you put that on top of it. Oh, I love that. Which is like, you know, for, you know, you already have so many stressors. You're worried about your, I mean, obviously your dog's, you know, going through chemo and so all this stuff's happening and they're, mm-hmm. then on top of that, they're not eating their food because they don't feel good. It's like um, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, and then you have a really, it's not, and it's not just like a, you know, it's not like you're putting cheese on the food or you know, I'm trying to think of other things that people, yeah. crazy things people put on the food, but you're actually putting a really um, supportive, grease, beneficial, peanut butter. yeah, peanut butter, you know, all these things. 
we actually using a really awesome like whole food supplement to add. So not only it makes yeah. them super excited to eat their food, but it actually benefits them quite a bit, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, the, the benefits are are long. The biggest benefit I think that I've heard of is obviously yeah, picky eating, but the itchy skin relief. And I attest all of that to um, our, our the length of our cooking process, so the 36 hours to allow mm-hmm. really the glycine to completely be released. Um, we use apple cider vinegar to help the process of collagen release. Yeah. And then the herbs that we use, you know, infusing with that and the dandelion especially, um, just really helping filter out, um, filter out those toxins and the histamine buildup and, and allowing there to be a reduction of that to help relieve some of those concerns. And, um, you know, people call them allergies. I mean, they're not necessarily allergies. They're just like sensitivities to certain things, right. but all those sensitivities lead back to how's the gut doing. And if a dog is fed dry food or processed food, um, every day, there's going to be a gut issues. There's going to be leaky gut. There's going to be problems in the digestive tract. And unless we heal those, those sensitivities or those allergies, as we, you know, I'm doing like air quotes, like those are not going to go away unless we try to no. feed the body what it needs to heal. And that's real food. Well, that's why, that's why Apoquil is the most popular drug. I mean, you know, we see all these pets with yeah. these so-called allergies, um, I, I believe it's just leaky gut and a you know secondary yeah. effect of that. But yeah, it's the most popular, the most popular band aid. Yep, that's exactly what it is, right? Just just a band aid. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine. Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. So to that point, like it can be used all the time. I have the, I get this question all the time. Like yeah. my dog really likes this stuff. Can I put it on their food all the time? I'm like, yeah. I mean, if it's, if, if especially not, if they're, especially if much. they're eating dry food, like I definitely, I want you to be using yeah. it all the time, you know? Uh, and what I tell people too, and I don't know if you guys say this, I mean, obviously, yes, it's ideal if you pour, like, you know, if you have a really big dog, like 75 pounds, like you can go through a whole bottle a day, which is financially like impossible. <laughs> it's like a bottle, people, so. a bottle but of I wine a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. pretty much. So, um, what I typically say is, you know, you can do like four tablespoons and then stretch with filtered water. So we use purified water, um, because you know, a lot of dogs suffer from, um, um, you know, crystallization, like mm-hmm. your UTIs, bladder con- concerns. Um, and the last thing we want to do is adding more toxins and not typically drinking water is like, you know, or tap water is like horrible. Yeah. And so ideally filtered water, um, that's also, you know, what your dog should be drinking anyway, but, um, you can stretch with that because it doesn't affect, um, it doesn't to take away the nutrients that are in the bottle, you know? So people right. who have a dog that's like 75 pounds, like I say, do four tablespoons of, or, 
soak the food in filtered water and um, let it sit there. And then add, once it's kind of like softened a little bit and soaked in, add the four tablespoons of bone broth on top. So that way you're having the hydration, like you're hydrating the kibble and you're yeah. still getting the benefits of the broth um, with it and are able to kind of help the liver and the digestive tract process everything properly. Oh, that's, so. that's interesting. I've never, I, I didn't know that. I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah, I just never thought just, about it. People are, yeah, people are always like, oh my dog is so big, I couldn't do this. And I'm like, yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I actually am um, laughing with the filtered water because that's something that another thing Anthony has educated me on. I used to just give yeah. the dogs out of the tap and then I see him using the rest whoa, whoa, of whoa, our... Stop, stop, stop. What are you oh doing? my gosh. And then he pulls out the Brita and then uses it all. I'm like, okay, well, we can refill that too for us. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great yeah. point. I, I mean, I didn't know that. So the more you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's something that you don't think of because, mm-hmm. I mean, what you know, why, why, like, why would it, why would you think about that? But yeah, it's something that, um, yeah, I have actually an under the sink like water filtration system, and then you know all the water that goes into the broth is purified um, four four times four step purified. Um, yeah, you guys do and, like reverse osmosis and all kinds of yeah fun ultraviolet stuff. light UV, yeah carbon yeah. filtration yeah yeah. So, um, and that's just to avoid additional toxins, you know, in the, in the broth. So it's, um, yeah, all of the things that happen are selected for a reason. They have a purpose. And, um, and then one thing that I think is really huge that I do need to bring up is like, um, microwaving. Um, so, you know, ideally you want to feed the broth, like you can heat it up a little bit if you want to. And it's honestly, it heats up so fast and like I'll just on a, in a skillet on a stove, like within like 30 seconds, it's hot. And um, I think something that I even used to do is like, you just like, Oh, stick in the microwave real quick. Well, you're actually like nuking everything. So the radiation from that is just much more damaging. So ideally you'd want to avoid um, the microwave. And if you want to heat it up and your dog needs to better heat it up, then you just want to heat it on the stove just for like, you know, a minute or so. And um, it heats up really fast. That's a good, that's a good tip. People do that with their raw food too. Put it in a microwave. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it's like, uh, that's kind of backwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I appreciate the, you know, that they're, I don't know, the effort, I guess. But, yeah, there's there's better yeah. ways. Um, yeah. So there's there's lots of good ways to feed bone broth. I mean, obviously, like you said, with the water mm-hmm. and then and the bone broth on top or soaking the kibble with mm-hmm. water and then adding it, the bone broth in. Um, I, I add it to my dogs. I mean, they're already eating raw food, which has got a lot of moisture, but I don't think there's – you know, such thing as too much moisture. So I even add it on top of that. They, yep. they feed off the mind platters. Um, oh, yeah. And so I that kind of, oh, those are, they're <laughs> my favorite things. Um, and so they, you know, I fill up the moat around the, in the platter and they go crazy for that. Mm-hmm. Rehydrating kibble and freeze dried. Obviously we talked about that. A lot of people freeze it in ice cubes. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. I like it like as a treat. Yeah, but if you're thinking, so I I like that you can do it that way, and I that's I think it says that on the bottle as well, and I yeah. I do actually recommend that for people who have really little dogs because uh-huh. it takes, you know, it, it, like I have one one client right now, and she's like I can't get through it. I'm like just freeze half of it or pour it into a mold or something, and yeah, then yeah. use it as needed. But the use it use it as needed is also like thaw it out and right. let it be moisture because if you're just feeding this thing like this, this block of ice. Like, I mean, yeah, it may melt in the stomach, but it's not doing the hydration part when you add it to the dry food. Right. 
Um, with raw, I mean, you already have the moisture component, so sure, but right. it is, I mean, yeah, it'll melt, but it's a fun, um, it's a fun say, summertime treat for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's like, I have like some recipes and make like popsicles and stuff with it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can definitely do different things with it. So I think for the summer, it's really, it's fun. And for storage, it's great. But if you're looking at like the hydration benefits, definitely let it thaw out. And when you're adding it to the food, because, um, you really want that to be fluid and active. And when you're freezing things, like any bacteria or, or properties are going to be like kind of at a halt. And so, um, yeah, you want to just kind of let it thaw and, yeah. and let the dog enjoy the moisture component and making it easy to like digest. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you ever drink yeah. it? Do you ever drink it yourself? <laughs> um, so I've actually tried every single one. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, there's nothing to it, you know, it's, yeah. it's pretty simple stuff. It's processed just the same. Yeah. So I have tried all of them. Um, I say definitely the Christmas collection that we have is definitely my favorite. Um, the lamb one, I did not try. I, that's like tugs on my heartstrings a little too much, um, yeah. but my boyfriend did drink it. Um, but I tried the other ones and, um, what do you like heat it up yeah, a little that, bit? That Christmas. Yeah. So that's actually something that, um, I, I've read a lot about like, um, like my, my sister-in-law just had a baby and I've been reading a lot about like, um, you know, postnatal and I know that bone broth is like extremely healing for women who just had a baby. So, and heating it up, it's like soup, you know? Like, yeah. Um, well, I know a lot so of my I, personal trainer walks around with a little thing of bone broth and stuff like that. So <laughs> that's why I'm kind of asking. Cause it's a, um, yeah. I'll have to bring him his, his dogs are on raw food. So I'll have to, I'll bring a bottle of crude carnivore. Oh yeah, yeah. For him, for him you to can, try. Yeah, I'll send you one to. I'll add one to your next order. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I need I an order not, actually. Like... Oh, you do. Yeah, I was I was going <laughs> to do, do, right I was, I was do it last night, but I was like, that's she's going to think I'm so weird just putting in an order right before our podcast. But uh, <laughs> good reminder though. Yeah. Good reminder. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it today. You'll see an order coming. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, you know, there's nothing to it, and I just. I am try. I am just kind of um, not a big meat eater, like I said. So to yeah. me, it's just kind of like it's a little eh. much. But I do have a uh, a friend who cooked. Like she made like her Thanksgiving hen with the chicken broth, and nice. um, and I mean I don't you know I don't it's not labeled for human consumption, and I'm not like registered with whatever human whatever uh, testing <laughs> needs to be done. But it's but, um, cleaner I mean, than. I'm not scared it, to do it. Yeah. No. I know. Yeah. I know how it's it is. It's so clean. I mean, we don't have any preservatives it's, or anything. I mean, yeah, my it's dog, cleaner than anything else um, on the market. Yeah. No salt, like nothing, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, my dogs love, they, I mean, I have, so now my setup is like, I, um, have like a 500 square foot, like working space now. And my dogs, you know, come out there with me sometimes and they just sit there like, please just let us have, they yeah. love the turkeys, their favorite. And they just sit there and they, sometimes I will like, try to like strain the meat out of the bone mixture after I'm done. And then I feed it to them sometimes Man. because they just love it. And I mean, it's all cooked, but they, they just love it. It's their favorite thing. So Some that lucky is dogs. like their treat every once in a while. Yeah. So they love it. And, um, I remember they, first seeing your dog cause it looks so much like Foxy. Oh it's crazy. Oh, Marvin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Marvin. Mar yeah. Yeah. Marvin. 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 Yes, Marvin. Yeah, he's he's, he's super cute. We can swap. You can have. You, we can swap. No, no. Yeah, you can have Foxy. I'll take him. Again. Every episode, <laughs> I feel like more. he is just like 
auctioning her off. Yeah, if anyone <laughs> wants to take my dog, Pomeranian oh No, I couldn't. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to road trip sometime and bring him and they can meet. He's not very dog friendly, but oh, he's not. Um, he just got he just well, he's just like got an attitude. Like he's just like yeah. thinks he's Boss. the bomb. So yeah. he's just kind of yeah, yeah. He's well, Foxy doesn't have a brain. He loves my other so. dog Hurley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're kind of out there. Yeah, that picture I sent you of or posted of him with the squirrel. Yeah. Um. I mean, he just found this. I wasn't here. I just get the Snapchat, and he has this squirrel hanging in his mouth. I'm like, boy. And then it was out there. <laughs> it was out there in the back for like three weeks, and he kept wanting to go back to it. And then one day, I like come. I'm like out front letting the dogs out, and I look, and the squirrel's laying right there by the doormat. And I'm like, what? So then my boyfriend's like, yeah, he carried it from the backyard up here and laid it right on the doormat. I'm like, great. How about we put it in the trash now? It's <laughs> yeah, it's time. It's time. Get rid of it. Best. But that's how dogs are, you know. If you think about it in nature, like they're not going to go for the corn stalk or dig up the plants. Like they want. They yeah, want there is a um, animal. <laughs> there's, I I sometimes I tell people like just to like stop sometimes and like observe your dog, and it'll just as a, like a good reminder of like what they are. Like all of a sudden, like they yeah. they want to chew on things, they want to chase things, they want to you know they want to yeah. kill birds and squirrels, and they smell you know all these like carnivore characteristics that we just completely ignore, um, you know. But they're very they're very present, you know. Kind of been yeah, brainwashed. They're definitely. Yeah, I mean, my dogs will run, and when we're out walking, they chase these. I'm like, you're never gonna catch them, but go ahead. Like, yeah. they are hunters. They're not, they're not grazers. Like they are, yeah, they're meat eating animals and that's what they prefer, you know, they won't. Yeah, for sure. We talked about in our last podcast how we've, and I I won't go off on a tangent here, but just how we're just kind of been brainwashed because we're all, we were born into pet food. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't know anything different. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. just how, just how it for was. over 120 years. And we were yeah. told not to question it and never to feed anything different. And, um, and look where it's yeah. gotten us, you know, so. Well, this is we. I think Super we covered a lot. Yeah, there's probably a lot more we could cover. But <laughs> that was a um, great chat. We'll definitely have to have you back. Um, if listeners yeah, are I not, if listeners are not shopping at Fangs and Fur in Columbus, Ohio, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, get a little bit more information if they're interested. Yeah, so um, you can definitely hop to our website. Um, I actually had an awesome local girl reading my website, and so there's a lot of information on there. Um, we are currently um really trying to grow so if you guys are in a different state or a different area and there's a pet shop near you that doesn't carry our product you are more than welcome to let me know what store that is and i am happy to reach out to them or you can tell them like hey can you carry this brand and the store can reach out whichever way um and then we do ship nationwide so we are sold online and um ship all over so um right now i actually just yesterday did the math and we have supplied over 65 stores which oh is my insane. Gosh, that's wow. amazing. Um, yeah. And so um, it's it's been it's been quite the wild ride. But yeah, I mean, we're always open to growing and and, and finding new stores and and um, trying to grow the brand. So if it's something that you want to try and there's nowhere for you to find it, like local, you know, we love to support local shops and and um, grow that way. So we are definitely up for that. So you can definitely reach out to me. Uh, we're on. Instagram at crude carnivore, um, Facebook as well, crude carnivore. And then the website is crude carnivore.com. 
And you can email at hello at crudecarnivore.com. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Hey, Flo, one more thing. We did have a customer um, reach out regarding a question, and I feel like maybe you can weigh in on this. And I think that you guys kind of touched on this, too, but just to kind of, like, bring it full circle, um, our customer question was, I've read a bit about the benefits of bone broth. Is this something I should use if my dog is ill, or are there benefits of implementing with a healthy dog? Oh, my gosh, yes, absolutely. Like, I... Oftentimes when a dog doesn't feel good, they will just not want to eat. And if you, depending on what diet you feed, you know, even a raw diet can be very unappealing during that time. It can be, it's what they eat every day. So to them, it's like, okay, I'm not really feeling eating at all. And so bone broth is a great source of electrolytes and just nutrients on like a more microscopic level that are very easily absorbed by the body. So it's actually a great way to get some nutrients into the body. So especially an ill pet, it's definitely something I would recommend adding. Even if they're still eating, I would recommend adding it every single day because the nutrient benefits and like we talked about the the liver flushing capabilities of it and the healing benefits for the digestive tract and and just really um, strengthening the immune system. I think are they're they're just incredible. So I would definitely re- recommend um, adding it every day if possible. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.